my goodness. Wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. Welcome, y'all. Woo! Where has time gone? January 31st. It is the end of the first month of the year. Welcome to the Cold Calling Podcast, Season 3, Episode Number 4. Give me some more in 2024. I am honored and privileged to be your host, Larry Long Jr., CEO of LLJR Enterprises. That's Chief Energy Officer, if you're asking. The Cold Calling Podcast is sponsored by our great friends at Monster Connect. Rawr! Leveraging technology, leveraging human resources to deliver actual conversations to B2B sellers. Can you hear me now? Who doesn't want to connect with 8 to 12 decision makers each and every hour? Yes, that is you. Please check out the free demo at Monster Connect. Now, hey, the Cold Calling Podcast. We're here to provide insights to sales representatives and professionals, to sales leaders to help you, yes, you, and you, and you, and you, and you, to take your game to that next level. Now, it's truly a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. I'm humbled, I'm honored, I'm excited, and I am thrilled to welcome our next guest. She's the co-author of Go For No, hashtag Go For No, a publisher, a speaker, a virtual trainer focused on reprogramming the way that people think and feel about rejection to sell, serve, and succeed in business and in life. She's been assisting sales pros around their mindsets, their perceptions of rejection and failure, guiding them to be at their best, both professionally as well as personally. During this exciting episode, we're going to talk about oh, fear cold calling, handling rejection on a cold call. Can you hear me now? Or are you still there? Uh, hello? <laughs> and everything else that's related to being better in the face of adversity, rejection. And she's here to answer any and all of your questions. Big congratulations as she just celebrated 17 years with Courage Crafters. She's an alum of Cal State Long Beach, formerly the Prospectors, I think. Now the Sharks, uh-oh, Shark Attack. What a way to end the first month of the year. Roll into February with some great momentum. Let's give a warm, cold-calling podcast welcome to Miss Andrea. Whoa! How are you? I'm good, but I have some bad news. I ate my telephone earlier because I see you with the banana. I just want you to know I, I ate mine earlier. <laughs> so, that's probably yeah. a good thing. Fruits and vegetables, that's a great thing. <laughs> All right. Okay, good. I just I just wanted to get that out. <laughs> oh, well, I am super excited to be able to pass you the microphone. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being open to sharing your amazing wisdom. I like to get started with a segment I call who, what, and why. Who are you? What do you do? And why do you do it? The mics are all yours. Well, thanks, Larry. Um, yeah, who am I? Well, I am a, I guess I'm an entrepreneur first and foremost, and I never set out to be an entrepreneur. I got a bachelor of science degree in criminal justice. 
I wanted to catch bad guys. I wanted to actually be a crime scene investigator. This was before it was even a thing, like before there was any CSI didn't exist. That television show wasn't even out yet, but that's how I wanted to catch bad guys. And it turned out that um, that's a very hard job to get, by the way. Uh, It's a very coveted job. And so they said, after I graduated, they said, well, you could be an intern and maybe work for free for the sheriff's department for a couple years, and then we'll see what happens. And I was like, no, 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 I don't know. I can't work for free for, I've been starving for too long (laughs) as a college student. So no to that. In the meantime, I was also working uh, almost full-time at a company called LensCrafters, the eyeglass retailer. And that's actually where I met my now husband, business partner. Yes, nice fit, by the way, nice fit. And uh, he told, he, he, um, we, we got to talking, we, our philosophies meshed. Um, He told me the go for no story, which I will share later. And he said, did you know that they pay that like big companies pay people to come in and deliver training and speak to them. And they pay a lot more than we get paid for an hour. And I was like, no, what are you talking about? And he explained the whole thing to me. And then he said, and I think we should write a book together. And I was just naive enough to say yes to that. I was like, that sounds good. So we ended up quitting our corporate jobs uh, together and we launched a company. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, Cold calling was the foundation of how we got prospects because this was before social media. So uh, I, I learned how to pick up the phone in the, with no turn and no one's watching me. No, no one's, no one's guiding me. I'm just getting on the phone, doing the most horrible job. And I can tell you that it doesn't matter how perfect you are or the script or anything else. If you are on a mission, you, you talk to enough people and you allow yourself to get better, you will. But anyway, we'll talk more about that. Um, and, and that was 25 years ago now, Larry. And so I guess the, the who is, I say entrepreneur first, I'm also a, a, a dog and cat mom, um, a, a wife and business partner to my husband, Richard. We're, we're a working team, we're a 24 seven couple. People think we're crazy, um, but we get along really, really well, have the same mission. And, um, you know, the why, the why I do what I do for go for no is, and, and we've been doing this now for so long, um, is I think that fear of rejection and it's, it's companion, it's sidekick fear of failure. You know, they're kind of two pieces of pot. I think those two things are the single biggest things that hold people back from going after what they want in life. And I think it's a tragedy. And I love to see people have a mindset shift, an epiphany, when we teach them to go for no, that I am now addicted to it. I am addicted to watching people have epiphanies. And so that's why I do what I do. Wow, that is amazing. And what an amazing and fantastic voyage you've been on. From crime scene investigator CSI to lens crafter, to going for no. I can't wait to hear the go for no story, but you, I, I want to get started with you and I 
uh, met through a colleague, Danielle Kobo, who's a past guest. And I've been following you for some time. We've been linked in for a while now, but I, I'm just curious because Danielle's got a book coming out February 21st. Way to go, Danielle. How do you know Danielle? What's that connection? So Danielle and I haven't known each other all that long either. And I can't not remember exactly how we hooked up, but I was on her podcast last year. I was on her podcast and then she was asking for advice on doing because she's going to do her audio book next. And so I recommended a resource for her audio book. And again, Larry, you know, I have to say this is what happens when you're a dinosaur in the speaking and training industry. You you give a, you give a lot of, of advice and a lot of un, even unsolicited advice. Here, let me tell you this. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Small world. For all of our listeners and viewers, the power of relationships, the power of connections. We're so happy to have Andrea here with us due to Danielle. Now, I'm curious. Please tell us the go for no story. Where where, where did that come from? So, okay. So the go for no story um, is a story about uh, Richard's experience selling suits for, the, for a living. And he shared this story with me while we were working, still working together, still employed. And when he shared it with me, I had this total epiphany. So basically how the story goes is um, he left Chicago where he was working for his father, who was a legend in the automotive fleet industry, left Chicago because he was tired of living under his father's sales legend's shadow and wanted to wanted to just get out, right? He was just ready to get out on his own. So he moved from, moved from Chicago to Los Angeles. He gets a job selling suits for a living. And because mainly he didn't think he was a very good salesperson and he figured that, um, and he had to, by the way, he had to, he had to learn cold calling in Chicago and just could not like, no, could not wrap his brain around. So he said, I'm going to get a job in retail because in retail, I don't have to go out and cold call for prospects. People will come into me. Selling will be so much easier, but then he was failing anyway. And so the district manager, this guy named Harold, was scheduled to visit the store. Um, and Richard is hoping now, even though he's failing at this new job, that maybe when the district manager comes, he can impress this guy and it'll give him some more time to you know, improve his sales. So the guy shows up, they have donuts and coffee that morning and in walks the first customer. And this customer announces that he wants to buy an entire wardrobe of clothing. And Richard was the first salesman in that morning. So he got to help this guy and he proceeded to have a great sale. It was like a suit and a sport coat and all these items. It comes to $1,100, which doesn't sound like much in today's money, but back then, now this goes way, way back, it would probably be like spending 5,000 today, probably five, five grand, right? So he has this great sale and now he's thinking, and he's now convinced that Harold, who saw this great sale is going to congratulate him and he's waiting for the congratulations. Harold doesn't say anything. Finally, they're standing side by side and Harold says, you know, that was a nice sale. And Richard said, yeah, did you see that $1,100? I sold that guy a suit and a sport coat and starts listing all the items. And Harold's like, yeah, I saw it. really good. Um, but I do have a question for you. And he said, by the way, yes is the easy part. It's all on the sales ticket. All we have to do is see all the yeses, to, you know, he said, uh, let me ask you this question. He said, out of curiosity, Richard, during that sale, what did that customer say no to? And Richard had to sit back and he reviewed this whole sale in his mind. And he's thinking of all the stuff he showed that guy. And the guy, remember, the guy said, I wanted to buy an entire wardrobe. So he goes, 
Harold, that guy didn't say no to anything. Everything I laid in front of that man, he purchased. So he's Richard's kind of annoyed by this question. He's like, what do you, what do you mean with these I know to? And then Harold said, you know, I, I watched you sell, you're not half bad, but your fear of the word no is going to kill you. And he also made the point, he said, and by the way, since you never heard no, let me ask you this question. How did you know he was done? And that was the question that really hit Richard like a, a gut punch. And he realized that he didn't know, he had no way to know that customer was done. When that customer had reached his mental spending limit, which back in the day was about $1,000 because he was not making a lot of money at the time. When anyone got to $1,000, you were done. Like he would just shut the sale down. It was like, okay, good. Let, let me ring you up and send you on your way. And so Harold basically taught him this go for no philosophy. He said, you just need to get over your fear of the word no. And when Richard tells this story, Larry, when, when um, we're on stage together and he tells it, he likes to say that he didn't know if he had what it took to succeed, but he knew he had what it took to fail, that he could hear no more often. He could, he could get people to say no to him more often and in doing so, get more yeses. And that's exactly what he did. He became an award-winning salesman, not overnight. It took him a whole year. And he eventually worked his way up into uh, sales management and leadership and had a lot of different jobs. And, and our background, our specialty actually is retail. Like our both of our background is retail sales. And when we launched our company, um, we were working with our clients were retailers. They were like the biggest retailers, you, anybody you'd see in the mall. But I will tell you, that when he told me the story I just told you, my epiphany was, oh my gosh, I don't like hearing no either. And I actually thought I was an excellent salesperson. I was like, I don't, what are you talking about? I don't have a problem hearing no. People can tell me no all day long. I don't care. It's fine. I'm like, whatever. And then I realized that I would pick and choose what I would tell someone, what I would show someone. I would make assumptions. I would do everything I could to kind of avoid that no going after the yes and not wanting to look pushy and all of that kind of stuff. And so it was a big epiphany for me as well. And, and then of course we launch our company and now I really have to hear no, <laughs> because if you are an entrepreneur and you've got to sell yourself, you better get real snuggly with no real fast. An expert at no, I love it. And I appreciate you sharing that story Oh my goodness, Richard's experience selling suits. It's funny. Uh, my mom asked me to go out and knock on doors. I'm 13 years old and uh, to hand flyers for Larry's Lawns by Larry. And I did not want to do it. I said, can I just leave it uh, in their door in the mailbox? She said, no, you need to knock and speak to people. I said, no. Nah. She said, why? What's the worst that someone can say to you? No. She said, is it really that bad? Yes. I do not. Oh, I just get crushed. And who likes to get crushed? Nobody. But I love how you share this mindset shift. That's powerful. Now, I want to know from your experience, what are, what are some of the most common fears that, that you experience with sales professionals around cold calling. And I'm going to double down. I want to know how your go for no approach helps them to overcome whatever that blocker might be. Yeah. So there's a deep relationship between 
fear of failure, fear of what other people are thinking of you and cold calling. I mean, and that it is inescapable. And I will tell you that over the 20 plus years of teaching this concept, we find that people fall into like, I guess probably three different categories. The first category is if we go speak to a room of, let's say a thousand people, there's always one person who comes up afterwards who's like, hey, I just want to tell you guys that was a great presentation. I have literally no fear of the word no. People can tell me no all day long. They have told me no all day long. I don't, it doesn't bother me. It's like water off a duck's back, but I'm glad you were here for everybody else. So that's category one. Category, then, then, there, then there's the middle category and it's almost like a bell curve. So you got the very tiny first category. Then you have the middle category where people hear go for no and they, they hear this idea that you should intentionally increase your failure rate, that you should intentionally be willing to go out of your way to hear no more often, knowing, having faith that the yeses are out there. And and that in or when you do that and you do it enough, you kind of start to numb, you start to desensitize yourself, you start not to take it so personally, and you get you push through that fear and anxiety because that's really what it is. And and we are hardwired and bi biologically wired to care about what other people think and to not want to fail, not, not want to look foolish. So it's it's like it's like these are the people that they're they were probably the kids who when they got put on the bike, it was like, okay. I know I'm going to fall off a couple times, but I'm going to do it because it's worth it. You know, the, the pain and the temporary looking stupid in front of my friends is worth it because I want to ride the bike with everyone else. So you just you push through it. And then, Larry, there's like the final group, which are people that they get it. They get it totally intellectually. They buy in 100 percent. But they're like you said, there is the block. And I what the, the best way I have found to help people work through this block is, and, and you wouldn't want to do this with, of course, your highest value, highest quality prospect, but I tell people, you have got to go out and fail. You have got to go out there and crash and see, as Jack Canfield defines uh, self-confidence, it's the successfully survived risk. You've got to go out there and crash and burn and see, I survived, I'm still in one piece, and I, and, and what did I learn? And that's the only way. And that, and I beg people because they think I'm, I want them to go out and succeed and come back with a yes. And I say, I want you to go out and, and mess up. Bring me something interesting. Tell me something that, tell me what happened. Tell me how awkward it was. Tell me you just crashed and burned because at least you did it. That's, that's the fear that we have to work through, that we have to desensitize ourselves because that's, that's what everybody is ultimately the most afraid of. So do the thing you fear the most, see that you survived and make it through the other side. Wow, that, that's powerful. Now I want I want to dig deeper. Okay. Because you, you you started getting into it, but I want to know what are some of those top strategies for handling rejection, that fear and anxiety that you talk about, especially when it comes to cold call. I think they call it call reluctance that 500 pound phone I, I i can't i can't lift it i i can't make that call i'll share with you i'll never forget i was selling to accounting firms this gentleman in new jersey said larry i got something for you i thought i was about to hit the the little bell ding because i got a sign up he said i want you to put on a pair of concrete shoes and jump off a bridge 
I said, oh, good googly muggly. I looked through the manual, how to overcome the objection of kill yourself, and it wasn't there. So I said, God bless you too. And then I hung up. I was scared to make that next call. So I'm curious, how can sales pros take those strategies and turn the no's into opportunities to have success? Yeah. So, so I mean, the main thing is, right? I mean, you, you absolutely have to take action in the face of fear. You cannot wait for that feeling to go away. So one of the things, um, a, a couple things, one is, um, especially with cold calling is you've got to, you've got to work with your physiology and not against it. And I, I think what happens is when you get those, um, I mean, I certainly have had them. So I, I know you get the butterflies in your stomach, you get the, you get, the, whatever the feeling is, whether you get the sweaty palms, you're starting to sweat, you're starting to shake, your voice is shaking. Whatever the physiology is, you can't hack that to make that go away. And so you've got to operate with it. You've got to rec- like be mindful of it and say, okay, these things are happening. See, that's the flight response. That's like danger. Your brain is going danger, danger. You don't want to do this. You're going to mess up. This is going to be a disaster for you. You're going to get fired. You're, you're going to be living under the freeway overpass tomorrow if you do this. So don't, whatever you do, don't do this. And so that physiology is incredibly unhelpful. And so you've got to be mindful of what's happening and breathe through that. I think that's really the biggest thing is battling your physiology. The other thing that we teach from a kind of strategy standpoint is we teach people to set no goals instead of yes goals. So um, while you should have your vision and that vision should ideally be pulling you towards whatever your goal or dream is, you simultaneously should be going after and collecting no. So what Richard and I did is, and I'll tell you that so we, you know, entrepreneurs are are an interesting lot because we set our own quotas and we we um, act like it's somebody on high, right? It's like when we hit our own quota, we go like, oh, thank God that's done, right? We hit the quota, and it's like, wait a minute, you you don't you are the boss. Why don't go do as much as you can? Why are you stopping now? So we were finding that we were just always kind of just making ends meet. And that's because we had this typical yes goal of getting about four yeses per month. And then we said, wait a minute, what if we got 100 companies to say no to us each month? What if we set a goal to get 100 no's? And this could be anywhere in the process. So this could be that initial call where you're just doing a disqualification. Hey, do you guys hire, do you have events? You hire speakers? Nope, nope, we sure don't. You go like, great, okay, click, right? I got a couple no's. It could be, oh, sure we do, absolutely. Great, can I send you a package? Mm, no. Uh, it could be you you get, you qualify somebody, they're your ideal prospect. You send them information, you send them an email, and then you follow up and then maybe it doesn't go anywhere. So. There's all of these go for no moments within the process. What would happen if we could collect 100 no's in the month? And when we implemented that, we had more business than we knew what to do with. And at the time, I was the sales sales and marketing person, and Richard was doing all the delivery. He was he's the gifted speaker of the two of us, and he was he was fine. He was like, I actually can't deliver all this. Like you've done too you've done too well. Because before it was like when I would get a yes, 
I'd be okay, done. Now I can just kick back and we'll wait till next month and I'll start again and um, start the, the prospecting and start putting people in the pipeline. And that was the real, that was the real mindset shift. So one of the things, Larry, in addition to the physiology is can you go after it and gamify it in a fun way that keeps you interested in it. And I have seen so many people have success with this when they start counting, tracking, and paying attention to their nose as much as they do the yeses. That, that is powerful. I love that. So you're telling me I should intentionally go for no. I'm seeking out all the no's, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of no's. You got to hear no. So, so here's the thing, because here's what, what we have discovered. And that is if you go to bed at night and your head hits the pillow as a salesperson, as a entrepreneur, and you didn't hear one no to anything, then you didn't ask enough. And I, this, I kicked off 2024 with an ask your ask off challenge. That's what we called it. We ask your ask off challenge. It was, pra it was just simply practicing the art of asking. And we talked about asking in every form, asking when it comes to closing, asking when it comes to disqualifying a prospect, whether you're calling, texting, whatever, asking within the sales. So there's all those opportunities to collect no's. And certainly when you're cold calling, right, there's a ton of opportunity to collect those no's, whether you're just qualifying the person or it's you're trying to get that meeting or there's some other thing where maybe you've reached out to them, you're following up again, now you're asking who else is involved, maybe they, you need to get another meeting with a few other people. So there's so many opportunities to do that. And that's, if you didn't hear no, then you're probably not maximizing your potential. So one of the, the funny thing you, know, you hear, um, an apple a day, right? An apple a day keeps the doctor away. I like to say one no a day keeps a bad business away. <laughs> I love it. I love what you're talking. I'm scooping it up. That shift in mindset, shift in perspective. Uh, I work with a coach. The coach talks about this intuitive fence that we oftentimes set uh, around ourselves and we uh, don't believe we can break through that fence that anything is possible. Now, I love to ask your ask off challenge. Are there any other exercises, any other practices that, that you can recommend for sales professionals, especially those newer, let, let's say early in career, smilers and dialers, BDRs, SDRs, even AEs? that might be allergic to prospecting and picking up that phone, how can they get more comfortable with rejection? I love setting the nose goal, challenging yourself to ask your ask off. Anything else that you got for us? Yeah, yeah. So in addition to um, to setting no goal, which is really like your your baseline strategy, right? It's it's the it's the way that you implement and do the behavior of going for no. And and the so much of it as well, Larry, is mindset. And I think the other part of that is when you when you set a no goal, um, 
when you hit that no goal and it doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be, you know, a hundred no's or 10 no's in a day, because here's the thing. We're talking about actual no's here. We're not talking about like, oh, I made five calls. I left five voicemails, didn't hear anything. Those are not no's. So we're very clear and intentional. Like um, people say, you know, what, is, what exactly is a no? Which sounds so funny. Like, <laughs> don't we all know? And yet, really, what is it? And it for us, it's somebody truly understands your offer and they understand what it is you're asking. And that's something that even in the Ask Your Ask Off Challenge, a lot of times we don't actually think we're asking, but we're not asking. We're presenting, we're sharing information, and then we're kind of just sitting back and letting, expecting this other person to say like, so should we meet? So should we, should I send you money? What should, what should I do? So. It's about being intentional about your at, about your ask. And so a couple things. One is create a no awareness. Start tracking how many no's you're actually collecting. And the first way that you do that, and this is a great exercise for anyone to do, no matter what your business is, especially for new people though, is to come up with a list of all your go for no moments. So those are all the moments in your entire process where you are truly asking that yes or no question and you can get an answer. Now, I know people, some people listening to this might be saying, um, and there's two, two red flags I wanna address. Some people listening to this might be saying like, Andrea, what are, what, what's with all the closed-ended questions? I mean, we wanna, we wanna dig, we wanna do discovery, we wanna ask people, you know, well, tell me about this and, and what's been working for you and what's not working for you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the moments where you've done maybe that good job or maybe where you do need to ask that initial qualifying question. So it is a closed-ended question. There are plenty of go for no moments. And even if they are open-ended, even if they are are open-ended questions, they're still go for no moments where you have that moment to ask or talk yourself out of it. And so you have the moment where maybe you have a, a prospect that you recognize is, definitely not the person that you should be talking to within the organization. And you, in that moment, you say to yourself, I should ask them who's the better person to contact, who would, who heads up making this decision, who heads up this department. And you say, you say it in your head. And then immediately you go like, no, 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 no. don't ask it. You're going to look, you're going to look desperate. You're going to look needy. What will they think of you? Blah, blah. And you talk yourself out of it. That's your classic go for no moment. And then you hang up and, and now you go, okay, so now I've got to go on a research. <laughs> you know, I got to start researching to find out who this person is because I didn't ask in that moment and I had to go for no moment. So strategy is create that no awareness write a list of your go for no moments so that you're mindful of them and you understand what your goals are. So I'm just going to pause to see if you have anything on that. That, that. That's powerful right there. The no awareness, tracking the number of no's, creating a list of those go for no moments. I'm going to say a little bit louder for the people in the back. Did you hear that? Start with developing a list of your go for no moments. 
tracking it, intentionally getting the nose, asking your ask off, making sure you ask the questions, the tough questions. I think Tony Robbins talks about the most successful people ask the best questions. I say the tough questions, those questions that you want to ask, but there's that something in your heart, in your head that holds you back. You're spot on. I love it. You know, and and I, I'm so glad that you brought that up. You know, it does take a lot of courage to do this. And when you are, um, I mean, if you are an, a, a salesperson within a company and you, <laughs> I mean, fundamentally, you know, like your job is on the line here if you don't, if you don't get this done. And I will tell you that for me, as an entrepreneur doing this, there was only two choices. It was either business dies and doesn't go anywhere, or I make the calls. I mean, it, that that's when your back is up against the wall, um, you have to make a decision. And so, yeah, it, it's not easy. It does require a certain amount of courage. So I, I would encourage people to, to make that list of go for no moments, create that no awareness. And then um, when those moments arise, it's, the opportunity you've got to you've got to take it, you've got to practice it, and you've got to do it often enough that you do have a certain amount of numbing yourself to know, experiencing um, whether it's somebody getting annoyed with you enough to say, okay, I it's no big deal. Like I I survived it. And you may say, like, hey, is can you give me point me in the other another direction? Is there somebody I should be talking to? And the person oftentimes will be annoyed because they don't want to do you know your job for you and they'll say um no i i don't know who that is i don't have time to i don't have time to babysit you and and help you do your job so no but you asked and this is where the final piece comes in larry which um this whole kind of formula and that is you've got to celebrate your activity more than you celebrate your results and it's great that, it, hey, you made, let's say you made that, that you executed on that go for no moment, you make that ask, you get a name and now you're off and, and the deal isn't dead and you've got the, you've got a next opportunity and now you've got somebody else to call, but which is fantastic. That is what the result that we want. And that's why the subtitle of our book, Go For No, by the way, and I promised I would get back to this second red flag in my head, I knew I was coming back to it, is yes is the destination, no is how you get there. And so we never want, I, I don't want anybody to think like um, you should expect to hear no. We're not talking about expecting to hear no. Go into every interaction with yes energy, like go into it with a positive expectation, yes energy, there, no reason you can't get a yes, no, no reason at all. Every interaction every call you make is a a new event right it's like taking a roll on the real roulette wheel it's it's a new event doesn't have anything to do with the last one no matter what you may think and so so it's a new it's a new thing um but ex so expecting no accepting yes we want to accept that it's part of the process and that uh we all go through it you're not alone and that the more you do it the more you are better, you get better both tactically, like with your strategies, but also emotionally. It's the only way to build up that resilience is to, is to move through that. And 
yeah, I mean, I had people hang up on me. I had people super annoyed with me. And is it is it pleasant? No. But once I learned to pay attention to my physiology and say, hey, the sweating just going to be there. <laughs> the shaky voice just going to be there. Doesn't matter. You've got to do this. What what are the choices? And so uh, so the final thing, Larry, and then I want to totally want to hear your comments on this is and this is what I, where I was wrapping up is celebrate. You've got to celebrate the the attempt. You've got to celebrate the activity. You've got to celebrate the no's as much as the yeses. Oh, you're spot on. And I love it. Oh, my goodness. We are knocking out the nose. We're, we're taking our lumps and we're getting comfortable with taking it in the chin and celebrating the process that we go through. Now, I played baseball in college, University of Maryland, go Terps. And I love what you said, how every opportunity is a unique opportunity. It's a new at bat, a new spin of the wheel in Vegas on the roulette wheel. It doesn't have anything to do with the last interaction. The last thing I'm going to mention, this really stood out. Uh, my coach shares with me, healthy people ask for exactly what they want. And oftentimes, Ooh. I haven't been healthy. I knew what I wanted, but I wanted to sugarcoat it. I wanted to position it perfectly where I didn't get a no because no would break my heart. So I'm curious. Can you share a success story? I, I would love to celebrate someone. And you don't have to say their name, but I would love to hear someone that uh, was impacted, was transformed by this shift of the mindset of going for no. Please share. Yeah, we've had so many transformational stories over the years. And um, so one of my favorites is, I'll tell, I'll tell two, one of my favorites is, he's the most obvious Ray Higdon, who is our, our co-author on go for no for network marketing. And he, he read the book and he was like, okay, so I'm just going to hear 20 no's a day. And he said, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna pay attention to like the no's. I just want to find people who are interested in working with me and interested in learning about my business. And he said, I asked everybody, I asked my kids crossing guard. I asked people at the laundromat. I asked, I, I collected the business cards at the car wash. He's like, I asked, asked, asked. And, uh, and out of, you know, he said, he said, I would get, sometimes I'd have 18 no's. He goes, I would pick up the phone at night. And he goes, he, he goes, I would call somebody and just say, just tell me no, so I can go to sleep. I mean, he just, and he said it was not easy, but I just, I, I didn't wait until I felt like doing it. I did it every day without fail. And he became the number one income earner in his co company. And then eventually we end up meeting and we end up co-authoring, you know, this book together because of his willingness to, his willingness really to fail, his willingness to understand that failure and success are, they are opposite sides of the same coin. If you want, uh, and I'll quote um, my good friend, uh, George Campbell, who is a professional speaker as well. And he, he says, you know, if you want um, more success, you've got to be willing to fail. They are a package deal. You can't have one without the other. If you want more of one, you're going to experience more of the other. If you want more yeses in your life, you've got to be willing to hear more no's. That's just the reality. And so, um, and then, and then so many really cool stories, Larry, of people. One of the fun things I do is these go for no 21 day challenges. I've, I've been doing it for now for a couple of years. And, and basically what a 21 day challenges is, is 
you challenge yourself to see how many no's you can collect in 21 days. Really simple. And you track it and there's there's different categories of no's and, and things. And but really it's to create that no awareness and to and to get people into the behavior of asking when they may not have otherwise right wanted to ask. And so, and one of the categories that we actually track is what we call personal no's. And some people thought that means like a personal no, like I don't like your blonde hair, Andrea, or something like that. No, it's not personal. It's it's not you're not you're not insulting somebody personally. It's it's where can you be a better communicator in your personal life? Like for example, I love food, so I'm always attaching like strategies for for eating. You know, can I have this free cookie? Can I have this? Can I have that? So you know, can you, can you get seated, you know, at your favorite um, restaurant, if they seat you at this horrible table, can you ask for the cute, adorable table in the front window, you know, with the flower on it instead of back by the water station? And so many of us, because we were raised to be polite, don't be aggressive. If somebody has, if somebody has something, they will offer it to you. You don't go and, and ask for it. So there's a lot of, I think, buried down beliefs that we have just as, as based on how we were raised, where we think that asking is the certain way. So from a, from a getting a personal no standpoint, it's it's make these crazy asks. It's have fun with it. And I had a lady who um, she hadn't talked and I don't know the details. I don't it doesn't matter. But she hadn't talked to her grandfather in years. And she just and she was really afraid that she, he was going to reject her. Um, but she just decided she, it was a personal no challenge. So she said, I called him and we had a great conversation. So, I mean, people are, you know, people can transform their lives when they're just willing to, to ask and to, to experience that rejection. And it can be painful, right? It, it, it can be, um, one of the other tips I also just want to, uh, leave while I'm thinking about it for especially new people. And this is the I get this all the time. People say like, what if this is going on? What if that's going on? What if, um, what if I'm following up with somebody and it's been a long time or whatever, or what if it's awkward? And I say, whatever you are thinking and feeling in that moment, don't be afraid to call that out because the other person is probably thinking the exact same thing. So if you're cold calling somebody and you feel like it's out of the blue, then say, hey, Bob, I know this may be out of the blue and I'm calling you at kind of a weird hour. Maybe you're calling at 7 a.m. Calling you at 7 a.m. Say what, the paint the picture of reality and they will get that you are a high EQ salesperson, that you are paying attention and then make your ask after that. So whatever, my big, my big advice to this is whatever you are experiencing, um, like if you're going after a personal note, hey, I know this is weird. We haven't talked in 15 years and here I am calling you today. Call it out. And now you're connected because you show that person that you're you have that awareness. Wow, that's amazing. And we've got uh, live listener porn. Celebrate your activity more than your result. Love that, Andrea. Uh, to anyone that's listening live, please feel free to shoot. Andrea, any questions that are on your mind? Now, now Andrea, I want to know. Uh, you're a co-author, go for no. You're a publisher, a speaker, a virtual trainer. You do it all. You host challenges. What else do you have up your sleeve? What are your offerings to support uh, sales professionals and organizations? 
So, um, well, like I said, Larry, I'm a dinosaur in this industry now. I've been roaming the planet since AOL dial-up, so we've got lots of offerings. Uh, <laughs> um, so the probably the big thing is back in the day when we had our uh, train, we created a go for no training program on CD. We have now moved it on the line. So it is on the line where you can go through mastering go for no. And so much of, I think, the the mindset behind go for no is about mastering fear. And it's about mastering fear of failure. And it's really becoming someone who embraces failure and sees it positively. So we spend a lot of time on that. And I think sometimes people might think, you know, who cares about failure? Like, this is just a cliche. Everybody, oh, fail fast and fail forward and all of these great things. And no, because if you then start going for no, and you don't see the connection between failure and success, you'll automatically talk yourself out of it. And you'll say, this doesn't work. I want to go for yes. I want yeses. And I'm here to tell you, it's the same. They're the same thing. <laughs> I'm just telling it to, to you in a slightly different way. I promise you, we want yes. We, if somebody calls me and they say, hey, Andrew, we want to book you. Trust me, I do not hang up on them. Okay. I do not like, no, that's just too easy. I don't take yes that easy. No, I, I, we love yeses, but we don't love yeses with the, at the exclusion of loving no. We love no as much because we understand the connection between yes and no. Wow, I love that. Love, 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 and appreciate you sharing that. Now, now you're close to the industry. I'm, I'm, you're, you're speaking to sales professionals. I'm curious, what do you see as that, that number one challenge as we progress? Because times are changing, and I don't believe yeah. you're a dinosaur. You are certainly a seasoned veteran, which is amazing. What, what would you say are some of those top challenges that you're seeing from the, the, the sales professionals and leaders and organizations that you work with? So I think the biggest thing is, uh, is technology, right? Technology is changing. Um, I mean, even the idea of cold calling, even the idea of using the phone, people are like, I mean, you have people who don't call anyone they've never, some people have ever even used a telephone. So um, uh, in fact, there was a meme the other day that I put on my Facebook page and it was like, it was like <laughs> the message that you get at the gas pump says, um, uh, see the cashier. And then it says me, absolutely not. <laughs> people won't even, people won't even walk in to see the cashier. It's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I, everything's chat, everything's DM. So Larry, I think technology has, is, is creating this separation of communication. And yet the biggest, most life-changing things that have ever happened to me have all taken place at, in person, most of them, to be honest, in person, or so having appointments with people, meeting people at conferences, holding public seminars where we invited customers and clients, going to trade shows, um, going to conferences, and then second to that, um, getting people on the phone, talking to people. I used to, have, you know, have conversations with prospects, all like in-depth, conver multiple conversations, and um, it was just meeting on the phone, not on Zoom. You just picked up the phone and called people. And so that has definitely changed. Here's what hasn't changed: our brains. Our brains are still operating, yeah, <laughs> the, the exact same way. And so 
what I have found talking, especially to millennials, is hitting send is the equivalent of when we had to pick up the phone. Like for them, hitting send is terrifying. And I'm like, hitting send is like the easiest thing in the world. I can hit send all day long. I can hit publish all day long. <laughs> there you go. It's the easy button. So the technology, even though it may make some of it easier, I don't think it has changed the fear aspect. Right. And the other thing that I see is that it doesn't matter. You have to get, you still have to talk to humans because your life and your business will still be most impacted and you'll benefit most and, and have the strongest customer relationships with the people you speak with. I mean, that's just a fact. So if you think that you're going to be a great salesperson or have a great business or be a great entrepreneur and do it all from a screen, it's, it's, you, you will lose to the people who are willing to get out there and put themselves out there. So you cannot hide from technology. That's the biggest thing I would say is yes, all these tech tools are great, but you can't hide behind this technology and you'll still have the fear too. Wow, that is powerful. And I, I love what you're sharing. I, I see so many connections between that fear of failure, the rejection that we might face in sales and calling and emailing, as well as how it relates to our personal life, our personal growth, our professional and personal development of becoming better. We really got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable change the mindset, step out of our comfort zone. This is amazing. Uh, Andrea, I can't thank you enough. I want to I wanna ask you, because you dropped so many mics and, and so many gems. I mean, I, I, I can keep going. I, I, can, I really can keep going. For our listeners and our viewers out there, what's the one biggest thing that you want them to take away from everything that you shared today, if there was just one thing that they could take away, what would that be? Okay, yes, I know what this is, I know what this is. So the biggest impediment to going for no, it would be the kryptonite, right? And I think I'm doing that right. Superman kryptonite, kryptonite killed Superman, right? Right, so, okay, so the kryptonite for go for no is making assumptions. And actually making assumptions is one of a great book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And to your point, Larry, personal development, absolutely. Becoming an asker, um, being willing to face no, being willing to stand in that fear and experience that fear, move through it. It's all, that is such personal, that is the heart of personal growth. So making assumptions is the kryptonite to a good ask. And those are the stories that we tell ourselves all day long. This company's too big. They're never going to go for this. The, um, this person's the VP of, you know, technology. Uh, they're a CTO. They're a CMO. They're never going to talk to me. Whatever the, all the stories are that you tell tell yourself, um, those are all assumptions, and those kill asks. Those kill go for no moments because what we do to protect ourselves from hearing those is come up with those assumptions and go like, oh yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. And your brain is like, yeah, yeah, it's totally right. I promise you, they don't want to hear from you. I promise you. Your brain is all like, yes, um, don't do anything stupid. And 
that is where we have to get rid of the assumption. So you got to shut down your assumptions and say, you know what the truth is? The truth is, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. So I'm going to find out. I'm going to ask. And the worst thing that's going to happen is this person's going to get annoyed. I might get a no. But what I know is I'm going to survive it. And I'm going to live to fight another day. That, that is amazing. That is amazing. Wow. Stop making assumptions and make the ask. Ask your ask off. I love it. Now, where can people connect with you? Our, our, our folks want to find you. Where can they find you? Go for no. Man, if you type go for no on the internet, we're going to pop up. I'm go for no on Twitter. We're go for no on Facebook. I'm go for no on LinkedIn. I'm not go for no on TikTok. I lost that one. <laughs> You gotta, be, you gotta get the dance moves ready. No for and I'm going for no, no dancing, no dancing. Now, now are, are, are folks able to follow you on LinkedIn as well? Yes. Go for no. I love it. I love it. I want to say from the bottom of my heart, from Monster Connect, from the Cold Calling Podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing so many great insights. Uh, for those that are listening live, for those that are checking out the recording, make sure you key in on not just what she said, but also what you can do and how you can apply it to your specific situation. That's the biggest thing. I'm, I'm guilty as charged. I, I take a lot of notes. I've got notebooks everywhere. And what I've realized is the notes are only as good as the actions that I take as a result of it. So take the gems. And Andrea was so kind to share with us and put them into action. Andrea, thank you, thank you, thank you for being so kind, for taking the time to join us on the Cold Calling Podcast. We appreciate you. Thank you, Larry. So much fun. Oh, likewise. Now, hey, I want to remind each and every one of y'all, please make sure you subscribe. Make sure that you follow us. Make sure you join us next Wednesday, February 7th. Whoa! Time is flying. Same bat place, same bat time, 1 o'clock Eastern, 10 o'clock Pacific, as we welcome another very special guest. We've got world traveler and procrastination expert. Whoa, we've got a theme here. Whoa, don't hesitate. Don't let the fear freeze you. But we've got procrastination expert, Patty Johnston joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Thank you again. All the best, continued success, and happy selling. Bye for now, y'all. <laughs>